Christ Church, New Malden, 22nd of March, 2020. Stephen Kurtz speaking on Responding to Fear. Well, it is, for many people, a very worrying time. Coronavirus is suddenly all that we're hearing about on television, on the radio, and when we talk with our friends and family. And for the first occasion in many of our lifetimes, a global threat exists that's turning the whole of life as we knew it completely upside down. And in the middle of all of this, fear is a very natural response. Partly because of the uncertainty of how long the virus will continue to spread. But fear as well about what will happen if we catch it. What will happen in terms of healthcare in this country if huge amounts of people catch it at the same time. And what will happen about very practical issues such as the shortages of food that result the care of children, the effects on our jobs and our income, and so on. These fears are understandably much worse if, for whatever reason, we're particularly vulnerable to the virus, or if we have people close to us who are. Fear is a really unpleasant thing, which, like a virus, can infect us and spoil everything. And it's good, therefore, that the Bible has quite a lot to say about fear and how we're to respond to it. We had that reading earlier from the book of Joshua, but also those sections from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, his letter to the Romans, and from the first letter of John. And in the context of this present crisis with coronavirus, I want to say a bit about these passages and how they might speak to us at this difficult time. The first passage was from Joshua, and the words that God speaks to Joshua as the Israelites get ready to enter the land which he's promised them. And God keeps on repeating this command to be strong and courageous, doesn't he? Which in itself could rather invoke fear, couldn't it? Those of you old enough to remember, yes, Prime Minister, might be able to remember that when the politician Jim Hacker had an idea of something that he wanted to do, all that his senior civil servant Sir Humphrey had to say to get him to drop the idea was to suggest that the Prime Minister was being courageous. And sometimes the very summons to be courageous can make us nervous, can't it? because it involves acknowledging that there's something that we need to be courageous about. And in the case of the Israelites, it was the obstacles, and indeed the scary enemies, that would be facing them within the land that God had promised to give them. But as well as being equipped with God's law to guide and direct them, the other thing that the Israelites are given to help them is the assurance of God's presence amongst them. Be strong and courageous, God says to Joshua in verse 9 of chapter 1, Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that's the wonderful thing about the God of the Bible. We may not see him with us, but God has promised that he is there alongside us. And it's this assurance which lies at the basis of his instruction to us to be strong and courageous and to resist the fears that could otherwise overwhelm us. I remember when my twins, Rebecca and James, were much younger, about four or five, and I was out for a walk with them in a part of Oxford where we were living at the time. We turned the corner of a street and suddenly came face to face with a huge, scary rottweiler, snarling and barking at us over a rather low fence. Each of my hands was holding those of one of my twins, and I remember feeling each of their tiny little hands squeezing mine really hard, they needed to feel my presence 
to have courage to go on. Knowing that their father was close and there to protect them clearly made a huge difference to those two young children, even if in my case it involved me having to disguise the fact that I was completely scared witless alongside them. <laughs> but God's presence, of course, brings a much greater strength with it, because unlike my twin's father, there's absolutely no fear within God. And that's because nothing is bigger and nothing is more powerful than God. That's why we sing those songs at our 9.30 service, those children's songs that declare things like, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. That's why we sing, our God is a great big God. That's why we sing, nothing's too big, big, big for his power. The God who has promised that he's with us is so much more powerful than anything we might be up against. If God is with us, St Paul says in his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 31, who can be against us? He's stronger than anything that we can face, including coronavirus. But that's very easy to say, isn't it? How can we experience that presence of God alongside us? Well, the answer is found in those other passages that we heard read to us. We experience it through love. God is love, the Bible tells us. And when we come to faith in him through Jesus Christ, he draws us into the community of love that exists at the heart of his being as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. But, and here is the crucial thing, this isn't just as individuals that we're drawn in. God draws us into the community of love at the heart of his being by making us into a community of love with our fellow Christians in the church. And that's the primary way that we experience God's presence today and the presence of God that can make us strong and courageous and able to face up to fear. In the Old Testament, God's presence had to be found within the tabernacle or tent that the Israelites placed at the centre of their camp as they travelled about, and later on within the temple that was established in Jerusalem. But with the coming of Jesus Christ, God's presence came amongst his people in a new and dramatic way, which because of Jesus' subsequent ascension into heaven and the coming of the Holy Spirit, is now within the church in a wonderful and permanent way, particularly when the church does and is what it's there to do and be, which is being a community of practical love, caring for one another and everyone else that it possibly can. 1 John 4 says perfect love drives out fear. As God's church, we're not perfect, but God's love is perfect. And that means we can still, in our imperfect states, be part of casting out fear through our practical acts of love for one another. And it's when we do this that we encourage one another. In other words, we give one another the courage to face those things in life that we fear. Therefore, encourage one another, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, and build one another up, just as in fact you are doing. How do we experience the presence of God in these uncertain times and rely on this to drive out the fears that might otherwise threaten to paralyse us? It's through responding to this calling we've received as Christians to be a community of love, being prepared to give that love to others and being prepared to receive it from others as well. Now, both of those things can actually be quite a challenge, but both are needed if we're going to receive that perfect love from God that drives out fear. There are some Christians who are good at receiving love but not very good at giving it, and there's quite a number for whom it's the other way around. In other words, they struggle for whatever reason to receive love when it's offered, 
perhaps for reasons of pride or whatever. But it's when we're prepared as Christians, particularly in these uncertain and scary times, to both give and receive love, that we encounter most fully that presence of God that really does give us the courage that we desperately need. And the current crisis provides us with the perfect opportunity to do this. We can't meet as usual, but we can still love one another. Nathan has just designed a poster for the big notice board outside the church saying social distance doesn't have to stop us being distantly social. And on it are a whole load of images of various people using phones and other devices to keep in touch with one another. That's the challenge for us at this moment. And the way that we'll discover or experience the presence of God that drives out fear is when we commit ourselves to giving and receiving that love that comes from him. Picking up the phone to speak to someone we know will be struggling at this time. Picking up the phone to share with someone our anxieties and what we're struggling with. Being part of making sure that food and other essentials gets to those people who need them and being prepared to ask for the equivalence of our needs from others. Love isn't just the answer for those people who receive these things. It's the answer for those who give them as well. And that's because it's love, both given and received, that brings the presence of God that drives out fear. The problems and the threat created by coronavirus remains and will, it seems, for some time. But if we as the church community of Christchurch New Morden are committed to displaying and receiving the love that God has summoned us to, we'll discover more about his presence and be able to face and cope with those fears that threaten to overwhelm us. Let's pray. Father God, we ask that during this difficult time, when there's so much fear and anxiety around, that you would teach us more about what it means for your perfect love to cast out fear. We ask that you'd help us to experience your presence through being more prepared, perhaps through this crisis, to both give and receive love, and to grow more as a community into the people that you made us to be. Father God, teach us more about love during this time, and help us to be the church you want us to be so that perfect love can indeed cast out fear. Amen. Amen. Amen.